Chapter 16. Hardblade. Kyla imagined that foxes felt much as she did when she returned to her den. A sense of safety and ease came over her as she slid through the secret entrance. She lit the fish oil lantern with a flash taper, pulled from their store of thousands she and Wen had appropriated in a stroke of very good fortune a year ago, and opened the smoke hole in the wall. The thrill of the take had not left her, so she bounced on her toes and did a sailor's jig, leaping over Nax and swishing the ridiculous dagger about like a shadline blade master. We did it, Nax. We did it. From now on, it's beef and wine for both of us. Nax huddled close to one wall to escape Kyla's reckless prancing. Where is it? Where's what? The beef. I don't have it yet. Kill stones in a basket. We have to sell this bone chopper first. Thumps on the roof told of someone coming by way of the secret entrance. She quickly wrapped up the blade and stuffed it among the rags of her pallet. Wen and Henley arrived together, cats on their shoulders. Wen frowned a greeting to Kyla and squatted next to the lantern, spreading his hands to receive its warmth. He let out a lung-rattling cough and wiped red from his lips. Ollie hopped down and made a show of turning his back to Kyla, flicking his tail side to side. Henley plopped onto the floor and pulled off his knit cap. A flare of red hair shot up from his scalp like petals of a shine flower. But aside from the surprised look his hair gave him, he had a comely face and gentle eyes. And a whole constellation of freckles. He smiled shyly at her. Well, she said to him, what's your take? Buzzard hat made me work for it. He happily plopped a silk purse on the floor in front of Kyla. She had the spirit of Till on her from the morning sermon. Her husband is a tiresome windbag, too, and drunk as a first-night sailor. You talk to them? Henley blinked rapidly and clasped his hands in front of his chest in mock innocent. Oh, Lady Buzzard, can you spare a silver plug for a starving orphan? He folded his arms across his puffed-out chest, putting on a look very much like Fallow's self-satisfied manner. I had her purse in less than a minute, but she took hold of my hand. I didn't want to snatch it away and run— that would make her suspicious. And what makes you think she's not suspicious and reporting your freckles to the watch right now? Because I kept telling her I didn't like the looks of another fellow nearby. Watch your purse, my lady. Yon shade-looker looks mighty suspicious. When she discovered her purse was gone, she started screaming and pointing at the poor fool I'd singled out. He looked around. Where's Fallow? Did you ask Huff? Kyla guessed Fallow was at a tavern squandering his take. I just did. Lop isn't saying anything. Fallow must have bribed her to keep silent. Probably took half a chicken to do it. Kyla snorted and turned back to the coin they did have. What'd you get from Lady Ermin and her daughter? He clamped his tongue in his teeth as he scrounged in a pocket. He pulled forth another purse, tossed it to her. Kyla dumped both of the purses out on the splintery floor planks. Eight gold, thirty-seven silver, eleven copper. Where's the rest? Henley shrugged. Before I swiped that purse, Lady Buzzard had given me two gold skillets from it. I left them in her pocket. She was nice to me. Fallow should be back by now, Wen said, wheezing. He was lying with his back to the wall, face pale and sheened with sweat. He's had plenty of time. Why can't he follow the simplest instructions? Where's Fallow? Kyla sent to Nax. Nax sent, Lop refuses to answer. Kyla decided to say nothing not for Fallow's sake, but for her brothers, who hopelessly believed in the boy. 
Fallow was all jokes and grins, but they could all see he was trouble-hearted over his father's betrayal. I bet he laughs when he sees this, she said, uncovering the stolen blade with a flourish. Took it right off old Tarek Pitoro. Kills Handel, Henley said. It was a wonderfully crude invocation of the despised god's name, reserved for moments of supreme fury or, as in this case, shock. Kyla approved. She hadn't inspected the blade when her Mercus vision was with her, but she doubted there was much silver or copper in the alloy. A dagger like this was a show of wealth, nothing more. And that meant it was gold. Henley held out his hand. She reluctantly handed it over. Wen shook his head, brows furrowed. I wish you hadn't taken it. Very foolish. Henley scrutinized the weapon with a discerning eye, tilting it this way and that, looking down the edge to gauge the craftsmanship. The leather on the grip is worn, he said. Someone has wielded this a lot. Kyla hadn't noticed. She also didn't care. He lifted the blade and made a few slashes in the air. Well balanced. What would you know about it, Kyla said. I've handled plenty of blades. Kyla let it drop. Henley wasn't a very good liar, so it was clear he knew what he was talking about. Merchant's son probably had lessons. There are no nicks, he said, studying the edge. He promptly put the tip between his teeth. He made a face. This can't be gold. Way too hard. Give me that. Kyla snatched it away from the boy. It is gold. It had to be. Irritated by Wen's lack of enthusiasm, she wrapped it up and stowed it back in her rag pile bedding. Just think about how we can rack it off her coin, brother. A thump came from the corridor outside the rug door. Fallow fell through. Dead drunk, Henley said, marveling. How did he do that so fast? Lop is not near, Nack sent. Wen crawled to Fallow. I don't think he's drunk. He pushed Fallow over. The hideous boy was red-cheeked and panting, lips white. He struggled to sit up. After several false attempts, he started to spit out his story. Ran, hallway, chased, Yilo chuff. They all asked questions at once. Fallow merely flopped his arms out and fought for breath. He was a hale lad and reasonably well-fed on Atlan eggs. Kyla had never seen him this winded. Wen asked the important question. Did they see you come into the warren? Who's they? Kyla demanded. You said you were stealthy. Fallow shrugged. I have to go back out and get Lop. She's too fat to keep up. Who's chasing you? Wen said. Where's our coin? Kyla said. Wen glared at her. She glared back. What? I told him fifteen gold skillets or he can sleep with his atlans. Fallow waved his hand weakly. She's right, Wen. He sat up and produced two purses. Kyla snatched them and dumped out the contents. While she counted, he talked. To the point. My father always thought my brother Denny a more suitable heir, so he had me killed by hiring raiders to spear everyone in one of his own caravans. They even set fire to the wagons. An expensive loss. But I escaped through Paul's grace. She probably felt she owed me for sticking me with this face. The brute my father sent to lead the attack was Yilo Chuff, a man not noted for his conversational skills. <laughs> He's more of a, how do you say this politely, murderer. Can't mistake him. Bald as an atlan egg and built like a bull. Wears black gloves year-round. If a buyer does not pay father promptly, Yilo Chuff extracts payment in ways that encourage other buyers to be a bit swifter remitting what's due.
<laughs> he chuckled blackly. Yilo has apparently taken to attending Tilsday services. I would have expected Kill himself to dress in a bonnet and sing the Luralu than Chuff getting pious. Maybe he was there to guard your father, Wen said, flashing an angry look at Kyla. What? she said. I'm just counting coin. And a nice take it was. Fallow had brought back twenty-seven gold skillets and ten silver plugs. Wen's scheme had resulted in more coin than she'd ever seen in one pile. My father was there, Fallow said. Show it to him, Kyla, Wen said. This was not turning out at all how she'd planned. This was supposed to be joyous. She had wanted to reveal the blade to Fallow with dramatic flair and a moment-by-moment recounting of her daring stunt. Instead, she flung off the wrapping and clunked the blade onto the floorboards next to the coins. They tumbled out of the neat stack she'd made. Fallow's eyes narrowed, his black eyebrows scrunching evilly over his nose. You stole my father's hard blade? Have you tossed your skillets into a chum bucket? This is an act of, 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 of war. It's, it's, it's. It wasn't often that Fallow was at a loss for words, and his reaction made Kyla's gut go all watery. But we'll, uh, we'll melt it down, or rack it off to somebody. Nothing to find then, eh? Melt it down? Melt it down? Do you even hear the words tumbling out of your mouth? That blade is worth thousands of gold skillets, much more than its simple weight in gold. It's a hard blade. You think you can just hold it over your lantern flame and dribble it into a nice gold puddle? Thousands? Her syllables squeaked as her throat went tight. She coughed. All the better. We know some people willing to trade in certain sorts of items, don't we, When? But Fallow was having none of it. Spluttering and going red, he snatched the weapon and cast about for something to cover it. Voice falling to a whisper, he said, We've got to get rid of this now. Wen's nose quirked, a sure sign of worry. What's a hard blade? It's been infused with demonic strength, Fallow said. Don't ask me how. Father traveled all over the world and met some strange folk. This blade can cut through timber as thick as my wrist in one blow, and not a scratch or dent or dulling of the edge as a consequence. A shadline blade, do you think? Henley reached for it eagerly, spilling an angry huff from his lap. Fallow slapped his hand away. It's not a shadline blade. By Ori's blessed bosom, you're all dense as beach cold bidgets. If my father was a shadline, our lovely thief girl here would be a few innards short already. He's well practiced with a blade, though, and this one here has taken off a limb or two in its day. He paused and scratched the wisps of whiskers sprouting from his pocked chin. I'll wager that's why Yila was putting up such a chase. I thought he recognized me. Now I wonder if he just thought I was the one who stole it. I bet that's it. He never got close enough to recognize me. A woman in a buzzard hat was pointing me out to him. This idea seemed to cheer him a bit, but not for long. There's only one thing to do. And what is that? Wen asked, sparing a quick glance at the red-faced Henley who was trying not to choke on suppressed laughter. I'll throw it in the sour water, Fellow said. Kills eyes you will, Kyla cried. I'll be throwing you in after. I stole that blade. It's mine. I thought everything we stole went into the pot, Henley said, still failing to stifle his laughter. Nobody's throwing anything or anyone anywhere, Wen said. I need to think. Well, think quick, Fallow said. 
That blade is a, like a beacon. Father has surely got old Dunpostin feeling it out right now. Probably the only thing he's good for. That your father's house, Dunsmaster? When asked, Fallow nodded. Kyla did not like the sound of that. A Dunsmaster could mark objects, even people, using the Mercus. Once marked, they could point to it, be it in another room or a thousand miles away. We should take it to Critsanglo. He'll know what to do. Fallow threw up his hands. This isn't a pewter goblet you snatch from some terracide house mother. Crit will not thank you for showing it to him once word gets around my father's looking for it. Father knows how to hold grudges. He might be the best there ever was at it. Dunn Poston will be able to follow it around wherever it goes. Henley said, Then let's throw it in the sour water and be done with it. We can toss it out the back door here. He pointed at the loose planks that covered their secret entrance. Yes, Fallow reached for the blade. Kylas smacked his hand away. Now who's a beach-cold bidget, she said. If they find it right below our den, we'll be the first ones they question. I'll take it up to the roof, Fallow said. From there, I can give it a good heave. They won't know who threw it in. A thunder of boots sounded below, followed by cries of women and children. Glass shattered, and a woman screamed. Rough voices barked question. They're here, Fallow wheezed. Everybody out, when ordered. Kyla, take the blade up, throw it as far as you can, but try to get to the other end of the warren first. Kyla dove for the coins strewn about the floor. Boot stomps sounded down the hall. Patoro's men were already on their floor. More cries and curses. Henley and Fallow were climbing through the secret entrance, Huff clinging to Henley's back, claws digging in deep. Forget the coin, Wen said, coughing and pulling at Kyla. Get out! He shoved her toward the exit. Nax climbed onto her shoulder. It was a bit awkward scaling the outside of the warren, poisonous sour water glimming below while holding a stolen blade worth thousands of gold skillets. Kyla clamped it in her teeth. Henley and Fallow were bouncing with fearful energy. Fallow urged her to throw the blade. Kyla held onto it and began a sprint. The roofline of the old warehouse was uneven, rising to strange peaks and sinking in dips, but at the opposite side there was a sort of built-up platform, the remains of a lookout tower. Fallow ran behind her, hissing and urging her to throw it. She climbed the platform and looked out over the sour water. With three spins, she built momentum. She imagined the blade arcing out over the water and splashing in, to sink into the dank, noxious depths forever. And with it, their dreams. She spun a fourth time, and a fifth, now slowing. After the eighth spin, she stopped and stared at the weapon. Has Kill kissed your brain? Fallow asked, looking up at her on the platform. Gimme it, I'll do it. Henley had wisely continued his run and was already off the warren rooftop and skipping along Cheapskate. Kyla squatted and peered down at Fallow. If it's so valuable, won't your father pay a ransom for its return? A ransom? A bloody ransom? Throw it in! Kyla spotted Wen trotting along the roof, coming closer. Ollie paced alongside him. Lop trailed in the distance. At least they'd all escaped. And knowing when, he'd replaced the planks so that no one would know they'd gone out that way. That meant they had time to think things through. Fallow waved Wen over and began a curse-punctuated tirade about Kyla's madness. Kyla paid him no attention. She set the blade on the platform and crossed her legs. Nax crawled into her lap. 
Here she had an item worth a wagon load of coin. That was good. But it was marked such that a donesmaster could track it. Not good. But the dagger was exactly the sort of thing a wealthy man would hire a recovery agent to recover. That was good. By the time Wynne had ascended to lecture her, she had the whole plan figured out. And by plan, she meant a very general sketch of what they could do, less all the details. Wen listened and nodded while Fallow grew apoplectic and stormed off with Lop. Finally, her brother smiled and patted her knee. You are lucky to have me, you know that, sister? She grinned back. I do, brother. Because Wen would take the seed of her idea and make it a real plan. And it would succeed, and they would make a fortune. But first, she had to get this blade well away from the warren. Wen handed her the scrap of skirt she'd had it wrapped in. The fact that he'd snatched it on the way out told her he'd had something similar in mind already, and that he'd known she wouldn't throw the blade away. She bundled it up and started down from the roof. There were armed men milling about near the main entrance. Parlo Odok was shouting at them and rubbing the top of his head in frustration. They never saw her. She left them behind, running fast toward the sewer that would return her to Starside. Wen was feeding the plan to Henley and Fallow through the cats. Kyla suspected Henley was getting a much clearer picture of it from Huff than Fallow was from Lop. But she knew Fallow. Once he was confident his own skin wasn't at risk, he'd fall into line. The ones taking the biggest risks would be her and Nex, as usual. Hi, my name is Eric Edstrom. I'm the author of Thief of Sparks, and I am your narrator. Thank you so much for listening along. The best way to support the podcast is to just buy a copy of the book. Thief of Sparks is available on Amazon right now and the whole series. So if you want to get ahead of the story and just read all the way through until book eight, you can do that. I am currently writing the final, final book of the series, book nine, right now. 